0: Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Destruction Pieces podcast and it is the first recording of the new year and the new decade. It is my annual films of the year list. I'm recording this. It is a brisk New Year's Day. It's about 20 past eight and I'm out. Oh God, I should have worn different trainers. I'm out taking a walk to record this. you guys. It's a beautiful day. This is the first new recorded episode. The first guest of the year is coming on Wednesday. Um, Or the first podcast was the last drunk cast. The first guest of the year is coming on Wednesday and it's Carl Pilkington. Good God. How exciting. It's a wonderful one. Um, But yeah, a lot of you will have been asking when this one's coming out. It's now the tradition to record it on New Year's Day. Which means it's become a tradition, uh, I mean I've recorded it as I'm going for a walk, as I said last year, for Adam Buxton. Um, Brett Goldstein enjoyed it last year because he felt the start of the walk before I got to my sit down point was um, mainly me heavy breathing into his ear to kick the new year off. So, happy new year Brett. <laughs> um also has now become tradition with this recording is that i tell you about um my new year's eve because many of you know my tradition on new years is that i stay at home i cook myself a steak um and i watch a film that i've selected sometime before didn't happen this year there was it got derailed so i thought i'd tell you about that i got home on uh the night before New Year's Eve, um got home from London about quarter to midnight to find that my house had been broken into. And yeah, it was a not pleasant experience. It affected me far more than I I would have predicted. Um, I got in, as I said I realised I'd been, been broken into. I called my dad, who lives nearby, um I called the police. My dad came round, um, and I was kind of out the front with a uh, a weapon, because <laughs> it, it, it's again, as I said, I was surprised with how it 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 hit me or shook me. I hadn't gone upstairs yet because I was concerned that there might still be someone there, and I didn't want to go up on my own. So my dad came round, and he was awesome. He came up with me, um, and there was no one there. Uh, then the police came round, and they had a look at everything. After a while, the police came round. Obviously, it took... it took a I minute. Mean, the, the, the funny part is, on the way home, I'd ordered um, a pizza. So, as we were waiting for the police, a pizza arrived. Um, that went in the bin in the end, because I'd lost my appetite. Um, so, yeah, the, but the police decided... Uh, because of the time of year was it was being a very busy one, and the time of night it was, they got... They arrived around 1. That they couldn't get the crime scene people down. So I couldn't sleep in my house. Um, I had to go and sleep at my mum's house. Because they didn't want me. They needed their CSI Stanford guys to come and uh, survey the scene. And fingerprint and so on and so forth. And if I stayed there I would obviously disrupt um, the scene of the crime. So my dad dropped me at my mum's house. And that was was lovely. Again, my mum and my dad and the police, everyone was amazing in this situation. But it was a weird way to spend the last night um, of the year. Or or my last sleep of the year. Obviously New Year's Eve sleep. I didn't go to bed until the New Year. Um, But yeah, weird way to spend the last sleep of the year in my childhood bedroom. And... Yeah, as said, it, it 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 it's it's a weirdly emotional and um unpowering, depowering, I don't know the word, feeling. Um and yeah, you know what? The second I got in um to the bedroom and was on my own and climbed into bed, I I had a bit of a cry. A 38-year-old man seeing out the year in his childhood bedroom um, cr- crying, but it was weird I said it was really emotional and it's not It's not any I'm not a materialistic person so I don't give a, sh- a shit about that stuff the p- the poor person who had broken in was looking for, for cash and jewellery and I ain't Floyd Mayweather so I don't really have any of that so there wasn't really much there for them to take interest in but yeah, it's just a weird... A weird feeling of someone violating your 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 home in that way, Um and instead I like to be honest about these things. I, I'm not a big crier in in life. At, at, at life, I'm a very, as you'll hear from the drunk cast, I'm quite boring, but I'm quite calm um, and in control of my emotions. I cry at films, and you'll hear about that sh- shortly. I cry at TV. I cry at wrestling. Um. I mean, a good advert will, will, will make me cry. That one with the uh, old man, old boy who's going up the stairs, uh, bringing his wife some tea, and then they swerve you to, uh, to make you think he's died. And it's did it did 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 that one. Um, God, that makes me cry almost every time. But um, in real life, I'm not a big crier, and it really hit me. And uh, yeah, it's a weird one. As said, I I, I, I wanted to share that because I'm sure there's a lot of people who've. Gone through that situation and been surprised how much it's hit them and how I don't know demasculated they felt as 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 a male or female as anyone. Um, yeah, that was that. That was my night before New Year's, and then my obviously I didn't get the the most sleep. I'll be honest, and then the night before the night of or the day of New Year's Eve, I was dealing with the crime scene guys. I was dealing with. The guys to come round and balled up the window that was smashed to gain entry, Um and I was tidying up after after I was allowed to after the crime scene had been investigated. <laughs> I was I was yeah I had to tidy up and then to be completely honest I fucking collapsed not in a I didn't pass out I just got on the sofa and I f- I fell asleep for a bit I woke up ordered a takeaway I watched some TV, um. Shout out to frankie boyle 's New World Order End of the Year show and the compilation of two thousand and eleven to two thousand and fifteen screen wipes um They were perfect distractions i didn 't w- watch the films I had scheduled because um i didn 't feel i was i'd be focused enough I was also i was my plan for again a lot of you know i 'm nerdy about this. I stay home on my own. My plan was to get some, some writing done on a script I'm working on, but that didn't happen. I didn't have my steak because uh, I couldn't be fucked to go out. <laughs> and I hadn't had a chance to get it beforehand. Um, so yeah, that was a weird one. But as I said, I I, I, I wanted to mention that because you don't really hear people talking about... Or I haven't heard that many people talking about how that kind of thing can affect you. And as I said, it's nothing; it's not the end of the world at all. The saddest part for me is we've built a kind of society where someone is desperate enough in 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 a desperate enough situation to to have to be breaking into people's houses to try and uh, um, get money or whatever so big shout out to anyone who's been through anything like that and shout out to whoever broke into my gaff because um man i genuinely hope this new decade is is a better one for you, and you end it in a better place. Because um, again, that's a shit way to be ending your decade, man. Clambering about in the dark in someone else's house, trying to scrape some uh, some 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 money together that that's shit, man. That's really that's really poor. So yeah, I hope anyone who's in that situation, to be honest, ends the decade in a far better place. Preferably not in my living room or bedroom, um, but a far better place um, emotionally and socially and whatever else. But that wasn't expected, was it? Let's get on with the films of the goddamn year. Um, This has been one of my favourite years. In fact, let's drop the intro music. Buddy, peace. Hit Hit the theme tune. There we go. Unexpected long intro there. Um, (laughs) I had a note that I wanted to mention. We had one person that was offended by um, part of the drunk cast. And I take that shit seriously, you know. So I wanted to apologise for anyone who took offence to anything in the drunk cast. It is three drunk idiots. So um, it's why I put the warnings and that on there. But still, uh, at times... Because we're drunk, we can maybe tell stories and not realise that there's a lack of context. Um, so those stories can, at times, come across as offensive. And I spoke to the person and they were l- l- lovely and fine in the end and understood. But yeah, I was going to go into that more, but I've been derailed by uh, a, a, a break-in at Distraction Pieces Towers, at, speech de- at Chateau Speech Development, um, uh, um at my house um yeah anyway this has been one of my favorite years of films ever so before I get into my top 16 I always do a top 16 and it's been hard to do this year I always do a top 16 um because that's what fits nicely on Instagram before I get into that I'm going to give you the long list or the the films that made the long list but didn't make the final 16 So the first of those is Vice, which blew me away. It was the first film I saw of the year, and it was amazing. Then, if Bill Street could talk, Wild Rose. Oh, there's actually there's two films that made the long list that I disqualified because they're shorts. And to be honest, I just needed I was really struggling to choose my list, so I needed any reason to, to to disqualify. The first was a short called The Trap directed by Lena Headey that blew me away the the calmness and prowess in the direction and telling of the story just stunned me particularly as a debut director in in Lena Headey and the other short was Boiling Point with Stephen Graham um and Rob Parker and a load of amazing people it, honestly both absolutely st- st- stunning stunning shorts um but yeah, so Wild Rose blew me away. Absolutely amazing. S- Sauvage. S- I believe it's Sauvage. S- Savage, I believe it is in French. It's a French film. Um, Us, I thought was great. Greta, I loved. It got mixed reviews, but I loved it. Dirty God was fantastic. Avengers Endgame. <gasps> it didn't make my final 16. That doesn't mean I didn't like it. I absolutely adored it. I thought it was fantastic. There's just 16 films I liked a tiny little bit more. Or maybe, I said, Endgame was one that was in there right until the last minute. So part of it was, well, it don't need more pushing. <laughs> it's the biggest film of all time, right? But I loved it. Um, eighth Grade, shout out to Bo Burnham and his d- directorial debut. Rocketman, another film that blew me away y- yesterday. I loved d- the Diego Maradona documentary. Ho- Hobbs and Shaw made my list. F- fuck all you... F- film snobs hobson shaw was the shit i saw it on my birthday it was it was my birthday film this year and i absolutely adored it a, a, once upon a time in hollywood made the long list loved it um the laundromat oh hang on i've just looked at one that should be on the really should be on the full list uh, right that's tough do am i going to rewrite anything on the list yeah i am i'm going to change one. So I'm adding something ah oh, that was a, it was a work of bloody art. So what am I going to take off? Fuck. This is happening live guys. Um you know what? I'm going to add that as a as a bonus um a bonus. I'm going to make it the 17th because I forgot about it. Anyway, Britney Runs a Marathon, almost made the list. Absolutely amazing film. That was one that was there right till the last minute. Um, the Souvenir, beautiful. The Last Tree, stunning. Um, the Good Liar, loved it. Uh, Doctor Sleep, loved it. I, I, I really I recommend Doctor Sleep because I think a lot of people have overlooked that because who wants to follow up to The Shining? That's weird, but it was fantastic. B- B- Blue Story, I thought was amazing And the report, they were the ones that made the long list but didn't make the short list. Um, So now I'll go on to the films that made the 16. It's now 17. As I said, you've heard live. It's just become 17 because there was one that for some reason I didn't notice when I was double checking my films of the year. Um, And then at the end, there's a couple of things I want to talk about. A couple of things that have changed in the way we consume cinema. And I want to discuss that with you guys if there's time. So let's kick things off. The first film in my films of the year list is the second film I saw in 2019. And again, it should be clear I saw the majority of these films in the cinema. Um, this is it's something I'll talk about at the end. I really believe it's it's it's, it's if, if 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 in any way you can, it's the best way to watch films. I've got a Cineworld Unlimited card, um, which means. I pay that at the beginning of the year and every film is free so obviously it's not I'm paying for this unlimited card but um, it just means I can any time I get a spare moment in London I go oh what's on and go and catch something but um, yeah saw most of these in the cinema and the first film on the list is mid 90s uh, Jonah Hill's directorial debut Um, I came out I just loved every moment of it I recommended it I came straight out and emailed Brett Goldstein about it, or text Brett Goldstein about it, to say I think he'd love it. In fact, Brett was part of my New Year's Eve as well, because I was texting him, um, advising him on some uh, podcast legal um, concerns he was having. So that, in between crime scene investigators and people boarding up my window um, and collapsing from exhaustion. Um, Yeah, mid-90s, it's it's a film set in the mid-90s. It's about a young kid and it's about a bunch of skateboarders and it's fantastic it really blew me away it's got L- lucas is it hodges or hedges in who i think is man he's i'm just realizing he's in three of my films of the year um he was in Be- 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 beautiful boy last year that was almost in my films of the year he's smashing it he's on the way to putting together an iconic uh, back catalogue of films he's he's amazing um, yeah so that was mid 90s I didn't know what to expect from Shona Ch- 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 Hill's directorial debut and it was beautiful all the characters a lot of the the, the people in it are, are real just a young group of skateboarders so it's all very real and, uh, and human yeah I love m- a- mid 90s I'm going to fly through a few of them because there's a lot to get through but um, yeah, I recommend it highly. It's on it's on on Netflix now, so that's a great one. N- next up is High Life. Now this is one that came on and off the list because I loved it. It was as soon as I saw it, I was like, "That's going to be in my films of the year list." And then when I was putting the list together, and I was b- between End Game, Britney runs a marathon, and this, I started to look at other people's reviews and this got mixed reviews a lot of people weren't a fan of it <laughs> but then I decided no fuck that I, I I loved it and I can't be swayed by the views of others, the thing I love about doing this podcast is I get, get to go to a lot of preview screenings so I'm watching a lot of films b- before I've been told what to think about them <laughs> and yeah I loved it, this didn't get b- bad reviews but it was it averaged around like Six point five out of ten, or something like that. But but I loved it. It's Robert Pattinson, who comes up again on my list. He was amazing in Good Time last year, directed by the Safdie brothers, who are on the podcast really early in the year. Um, yeah. It's it's great. It's set in space. It's a sci-fi, but it doesn't feel like a sci-fi. It's dark. It's gritty. It's moody. It's slow-paced, but wonderful. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. High life is on there. Let's go to the next one. The, the the next one was another one that battled with a few others, but I couldn't deny it. It's book smart. Um, Olivia, ooh, who I can't think of the director it's Olivia someone is it Olivia Lee no that's the that's not anyway this is a really uh, apologies for how sh- how vague this year's films of the year list is obviously I didn't get to plan as much as I would have liked to because of circumstances out of my control but Beanie Felstead um, and the uh, the girl from, from, from J- Justified who I think is one of the best actresses she also did a great series uh, uh, this year on Netflix called Unbelievable. I believe it's fantastic. It's 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 everything that um, S- Super Bad is, and all of those kind of teen films. But it's two girls, and the characters are amazing, and they subvert. They, they they go along with and then subvert and then twist all the kind of stereotypes that you expect from that kind of film and it's just absolutely hilarious. Beautiful in places. Um, and yeah, a wonderful, w- w- wonderful film with two amazing young female leads who are going to be um, huge, or already are huge stars, but are going to be huge, huge, huge stars going forward. It was great to see this get huge reaction i it was all anyone was talking about on my timeline like when it 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 came out um it felt like one of those films that everyone in the world was talking about the fact that no one was talking about it (laughs) and it was being overlooked i was like this is literally all i've heard about um this has come out shortly after endgame and i'm hearing more about this than the biggest film of all time um but yeah rightfully so it's absolutely amazing um speaking of amazing and a true cinema experience the next film on my list is midsummer um this 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 year's offering from ariasta uh the writer and director of hereditary and it looks beautiful it looks unnerving it is unnerving um Florence Pugh previous guest of the podcast someone I'm clearly already a big fan of and might pop up again on this list Um, and it's fantastic it's bonkers, it's horrible it's uncomfortable it's scary it's disturbing it's beautiful visually it's beautiful there's so much beauty in this film but so much unease I can't recommend it enough I'm the wrong at times. I'm the wrong person to do a films of the year, but obviously it's my favourite podcast of the year because I'm obsessed over all these films. But I've said numerous times I'm someone who tries not to watch trailers because I don't want to spoil too much of the film. And the poster for this alone was like, wow, this this looks disturbing. Um, Morning, Um, and yeah, I. uh, I went to see it. It's, like, it's why I, I don't want to go into too much detail on on stories and stuff because it's why I end up just talking about the feeling of the film and what, and what it did to me emotionally. But um, I don't want to give too much away on stories because you should just go and, and, and watch it. I generally believe the, the blinder you go in, the, the better it is. But this is a, a tale of, of a young lady going to a kind of weird hippie retreat type thing and stuff doesn't go well it it gets dark it gets strange it gets unpleasant um but yeah it's fantastic Brett and, and and Nish Kumar talked about it on their films of the decade episode of films to be buried with um but yeah it's great next up the bonus one that I've just stuck in it <laughs> number 17 uh, this probably won't be on the on the on the Instagram post because I've already made that image up um yeah I don't know what to do about that but um it's fantastic. It's Pain and Glory. It's the latest film from P- 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 Pedro Almodovar. Um he's amazing. Um anyone who's who's been a film student will bang on about Almodovar. Um but a lot of them won't talk about how his more recent offerings maybe haven't grabbed them in the same way as the early ones that they studied and obsessed over at, at as, as as film students um, but Pain and Glory is a fantastic return to form it might be si- si- similar to, to, to last year where Climax was from one of my favourite directors um, and became my favourite offering of his of his work of his oeuvre um, Pain and Glory I think might have just snuck in as my favourite I'm old of our film of all time it's a beautiful, beautiful performance from um, Jesus Christ. He's one of the most f- famous actors in the world. Um, and I've completely drawn a blank on his name. I've turned. I've just taken my phone off of airplane mate, mode to go and look this up. Pain and Glory. Antonio Banderas. Jeez, you see how ridiculous it is that I for- I forgot his name. Because it's because it's Antonio Banderas of, of 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 all of the films, um, but yeah, it's one of the most beautiful. It's a beautifully delicate performance from Banderas, and it made me sit there because uh, another film that almost made the list was um, what's it called, The Laundromat, as I mentioned, and Banderas is in that, and he's amazing. But in this. We've kind of we write off Banderas a little bit because he's he's done some big blockbusters and stuff like that. In this, he's acting in his native tongue, and he's absolutely mind blowing as an actor. His performance is stunning, and it made me sit again. Why have we been making this guy (laughs) act in his second language for years? Because he's he's great in English as well. Obviously, he's Antonio Banderas for God's sake. But um, yeah, it hadn't occurred to me that we're we're forcing these these great actors at times, uh, Vincent Cassell, numerous others, to to act in their second tongue rather than act in their native tongue and potentially give even more mind blowing performances. Um, it's amazing. It's beautiful. It's it's as soon as you start watching it, you kind of get that it's possibly a bit of an autobiography. Apart, you know, I, I've since read that it's the closest story Moldovar has told to to his own life, I believe, or things he's experienced and stuff like that. And it's you start to to get that. So in this scenario, weirdly, Banderas is kind of playing the Moldovar type character. Whereas he may have been in many situations where he was the young actor with the older director, you know, when he was coming up um, and the Muse, and yeah, it's great. I can't recommend it enough. Speaking of can't recommend it enough, J Lo's in her 50s, and Hustlers is one of my films of the year, nay films of the decade. Um, Hustlers blew me away. J Lo was absolutely amazing in it. It's been great seeing people rave about this, particularly guys, because I've been mocked for years because of that first drunk cast, I think it was, where I banged on and on about how great Magic Mike is and how it's a sexy film and Magic Mike XL. I I, I still think Magic Mike is the one that's an actual kind of work of art type film and Magic Mike XL is the one that I think is then a great blockbuster type uh, film. But I got mocked for that because it's this... It's dismissed because it's a sexy film. And this is very much a sexy film. Also about strippers. But it's about uh, a hustle. A heist type s- a scenario. And I was delighted that this got raved about. Because it's brilliant. J-Lo's performance is amazing. She... It's impossible. You know, she's... Currently she, I think, is the, 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 the biggest tool for... Um, people convincing the world that God created everything because she looks mind-blowing in this. Her performance is mind-blowing. The condition she got herself in is absolutely mind-blowing. Um, and the performances of everyone, all, all the amazing, strong women, it's a f- female-led cast, and, 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 and in many, in most cases, um, women of colour and a variety of of, of ethnicities. But it's just such a joyous ride. It is, it's good because it's got its heist kind of sting, kind of con element to kind of follow the story. Who's tr- tricking who? How's it all going to work? It's good because it's just got its popcorn movie. The music's amazing. The, the cinematography's amazing. There's a scene with Usher that is one of my favourite moments in cinema. It's just so perfect. Um, it made me end up playing... Um, a particular Usher song that's in that scene at the last three uh, We Are Lizards club nights that we ever did, because I was like, man, I'd forgotten how much of a banger this is. But yeah, it's a joy of an experience, um, and I can't recommend it enough. If you get a chance to watch it in the in the cinema, do. If not, just enjoy it at home. Turn off all the lights, turn the music up. Um and lose yourself in it. I loved it. Speaking of joyous experiences. Not. See that was a film reference. Um, next up is Marriage Story. Oh this was painful to get through. <laughs> it's a beautiful beautiful film. Um, Noah Backbaum. Baumbach. back back, back Backbaum, I don't know how to say his name. But he tends to just make absolute works of art. And this is no no different um the performance from adam driver and the performance from scarlett johansson are just absolutely mind-blowing and the performance from ray liotta and um oh god i've forgotten her name i was meant to have ray and oh again i'm drawing blanks today i I apologize but my head's a bit all over the place i've not had much sleep um the woman who was in bloody jurassic park but yeah, I was meant to have... I, I literally had Ray Otter confirmed on the podcast until the day. Or maybe it was the day before. But the evening before. And he had to pull out. But That would have been amazing. Um, but all the performances in this are stunning. It's a hard watch because it's watching a beautiful relationship fall apart. It's, it's watching it come together. It's watching it fall apart. It's watching the aftermath. Um, It's so beautifully realised, so painfully delivered and presented. But the performances are just absolutely stunning. I did a tweet earlier this year that got a lot of love. Because there was a lot of uproar that Adam Driver stormed out of a radio interview. Because they played him a bit of his performance. And he wasn't comfortable. And people were calling him a diva or whatever. And I kind of... Did a tweet just saying, big love to Adam Driver for putting his mental health first over promotional responsibilities. Because he's spoken many times about his discomfort and described it as a phobia of watching his own work and hearing his own work and seeing his own work. Um, And it is a weird thing. People forget that the job of an actor is to give those mind-blowing performances the promotional tour the coming on the distraction pieces podcast and talking to me that's gravy they don't have to do that that's not what that's not their art that's the weird part of the art that has come from their art becoming um a commercial venture so if it's going to f- fuck this guy's mental health up and put him in a bad place I wholeheartedly encourage him to walk the fuck out and get himself put put as I said put himself above promotional responsibilities. Um but again, yeah, his performance in this is absolutely amazing. Another person I've had on the uh, in fact, I had no one from that on the podcast. I I I I was I almost had Adam Driver and I'll tell you this story now. Almost had Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson and Noah. Um and then they weren't coming over for the promo. So I was asked, would you be interested in Ray Liotta instead? And I was like, I'd be interested in Ray Liotta instead of anyone. It's Ray Liotta. As far back as I remember, I always wanted to have Ray Liotta on the podcast. I'm just playing with his the best opening line in cinema in Goodfellas. Um, yeah, but then they fell through. So it was heartbreaking, but it was, yeah, hell of a film. It's on Netflix it's one of the things I'm going to talk about because there's a few here are on Netflix and Amazon. Um, but next up is someone who was on the podcast, James Mangold, Lamont66. Um, go back and listen to that episode if you didn't. It's one of my favourite conversations. It's, it's one of the few I got um, a complimentary text from Brett Goldstein about. Um, I mention Brett br- 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 a lot on these Films of the Year podcasts because he has an amazing film podcast called Films to be buried with and before I started doing these as a podcast me and him would send each other he before we knew each other he'd always done his films of the year list to send out to his friends I'd always done one for social media um so, so yeah sorry he's coming up a lot but I I love the man dearly um Le Mans 66 blew me away and the James and getting to sit down and talk to James Mangold the director of of Logan amongst many many other things um yeah, it was fantastic, and Le Mans, as I told him in the podcast, I went in kind of going, oh, I hope this is passable, I'm not really into r- race cars and that, but I want to talk to James Mangold, because he's one of my favourite directors, so I hope this isn't shit, so that we can get a quick talk about Le Mans 66 out of the way, and then move on to, or oh, oh, for the American li- uh, listeners, it was called Ford and, Fer- Ford and Ferrari, or Ford versus Ferrari, Um over here it was called Le Mans 66. But it blew me away, the, ci- the cinematography. Again, I won't b- b- bang on too much because I talked about it a lot on the podcast, but the cinematography was stunning. And the performances from Matt Damon, and particularly Christian Bale, which, you know, I think we're quite aware that both of those lads can act, can can, can turn in a performance. Um it blew me away. It's beautiful. It had me on the edge of my seat. It had my heart r- r- racing. There's, there's a few other films. Two, two, maybe three films. I'm going to talk about the genuine f- f- physical effects they had on me as a viewer. But Le Mans '66 was, was similar. It really the tension built so beautifully, and it looked amazing, and the performances were amazing. So yeah, a great one. Speaking of great ones, I couldn't... I I toyed with leaving it off because it feels too obvious, but Joker is in my films of the year. I loved it. I didn't talk about it online much because I don't think it's the best film ever made in the history of cinema. (laughs) And it felt like, particularly the time it came out, if you weren't saying it was the best film ever made, you you must have hated it. And it almost didn't didn't make my films of the year because because of that because I was like well I do I want to I couldn't like it but it'd not be the best film so uh, uh, but I uh, I fucking thought the performance was amazing I thought the the direction was amazing Todd Phillips is a polarizing character at the moment but again I think it's more the nature of our um, internet led society where. I mean, how ironic and that we're talking about this film well, where people are either heroes or villains and it has to be a black and white thing and this is a film that is the opposite of that. It's a, it's a slow journey t- to a villain and it blew me away because at the start of it I was like, this is great, but this isn't going to be a superhero film. I can't see how this character can get to the point of being the character that we know to be the Joker in any way. Any, any realistic or fair variation on an iconic character. And by the end he was, and it was such a believable journey, and there wasn't some big, he fell in a vat of acid and then turned. Not, not hating on that storyline at, at all. It's, it's, it's classic. Um, but yeah. I thought it was amazing, there's talk of Joker 2, a lot of people are saying, please don't, you'll ruin it, fuck that, I want to see it, if they ruin it, cool, I'll forget about the second one, (laughs) I'm greedy, I'm not a believer in uh, I like to get annoyed about things once they've happened rather than before they've happened, and it seems that they've, yeah, there's talk of them having the ideas for a follow up, and... I'd love to see where they go with it and, and what they can do. Um, but, yeah, I guess they couldn't b- b- bring it into the the rest of the, 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 the new universe that they're building. But I love the idea of Robert Pattinson as Batman. I think he's amazing. As mentioned, he's in two of my films of the year here. He was in High Life. He's going to pop up again later. I think he's an amazing actor. And the kind of actor who could play a Batman alongside... Um, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker but obviously the timeline difference is going to be impossible in that I think but anyway next up on my films of the year possibly my actual film of the year there's this I mean there's four or five if I'm honest but this was the first film that I saw this year that I thought is possibly in my films of of a lifetime Um, and it's Mono's It won the London Film Festival. I'd heard a lot about it. um, And it's just mind-blowing, man. Um, Who was I talking online about this? Um, Gareth Evans, I think. Um, Yeah, it's... Oh, it's just a feat of cinema. All of the cast, almost all of the cast are non-actors. It's about a group of... Kids who are kind of almost tricked into being a militia, a, 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 a guerrilla, guerrilla soldiers in on a mountaintop in Colombia. Is it Colombia or, C- or Cuba? I think. uh oh no, it's just, I think it's it's Colombia. But um, oh, it's mind blowing. The 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 drift the. The, the beautiful switch that they have between being kids playing soldiers to being real life soldiers. And it's, 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 it's a real thing that that has happened and does happen in some of these countries under extended conflict. Um, but yeah, just the switching between the two was amazing. This is the first, other than Le Mans, the first of the films that I want to mention that seeing it in the cinema with obviously the big screen but the soundtrack as well the sound system i i was f- physically sh- 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 shaking at points it was that it affected me in such a huge way my heart was racing it was amazing i saw it at a screening where a load of um dusty old reviewers um and the guy next to me kept having to cover his ears And that heightened the experience for me, because it was an onslaught. It was an onslaught, and it's a film where you watch it and go, wow, just wow, how is that a film? Because nothing in that feels fake. And then the other thing is, you walk away, and this is what I was talking online about to a few different people. You go, how did they make that? You know, you 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 hear obviously a big blockbuster in recent years that was talked about in this way was The Revenant. In that, um, it would have been a hell of a chore to make. And there is another film later on the list which I talked to the director early in early this year. You'll get to hear it in four or five episodes times, or three or four episodes time. And we talk about those films that it's a genuine physical and emotional challenge to to make and to put together and M- Monos is one of those there's a particular scene and you'll know it when you see it that I was literally watching going this if this was a British film or an American film this could not have been made because it's so dangerous and so insane and they can't have faked it but they also can't have made it that safe it's amazing it really hit me emotionally emotionally it's it's a work of art. It's one of the best films I've ever seen. Um, I can't recommend it enough. If you go and see one film from this list, um, I'd say make it Monos. I mean, there's loads that like the the tail end of this list is really stacked as well. the 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 front end is stacked, but the tail end is stacked with just films that. I hadn't heard of, so went in with no expectation and they blew me away. But Monos is 100% one of them. It was right to win b- Best Film at the London Film Festival. God, it's good. Um, the next film on my list is The Last Black Man in San Francisco. Beautiful, beautiful film. So different from Monos, but similar in the... This was a how did this get made in that this is so beautiful and artistic. Um how was this not ruined by a studio <laughs> it's it, it's wonderful and this one maybe hit me more because i saw it at my local cinema world and that isn't a plug or advert for cinema but i live in in essex um in Stamfordly hope and my local cinemas at basildon and big c- cinemas in kind of these not in london don't often get anything other than the big blockbusters um so for a lot of the smaller films on this list I would, I would have traveled in, into London for or gone to screenings for but this was one that I looked at I was like man that's on I'd heard it was amazing um my 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 acting tutor guide guy um had recommended it and I looked I was like wow it's on a, it's on, a, on my local cinema and I, I hit my brother up and he was up for it, and we went and watched it. And it's a beautiful, beautiful film with beautiful performances. Um, about about San Francisco, about gentrification, in many ways. Um, about st- the stereotypes and how hard they are to avoid, I guess, and how, but how fun they are to subvert. Um, yeah it's beautiful, it's really nice, it's 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 a joy to, to, to watch, I found myself just grinning the whole way through, largely because of the two lead performances, they're really unusual um, characters and performances, but they're really beautiful, and from the open, you're kind of like, well, who are these guys, I like these guys, and then you're with those guys for pretty much all of it, Um Yeah. It's 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 a wonderful one. Um next up on the list, The Irishman. Um oh, this was another one that I saw in the, the cinema and for this one I had to catch it at one of the Everyman's cinemas, Everyman King's Cross. Um and it was purely cuz of time and it was on in a lot of places I believe. But um it blew me away and It's one of the things... In fact, I'll talk about it now. One of the things I'd noted to talk about was... um, Streaming services. And paying attention. Because... Marriage Story. And... And The Irishman. Are both Netflix. There's another one coming up. that's an Amazon one. There's a few different Amazon ones. And... Films like the, the reason I picked *Mary's Story* and *The Irishman* specifically to talk about this is they're films that benefit from your full attention. They're not films that, and and from watching, in the pacing that they've given, n- not pausing, not not s- stopping. Um, and I'm not being a snob on this at all. Obviously, people can watch however they wish, but and and there's a there's a a lot of f- films on here that I feel you know. Is what it is. It's it's it's. You will get from a lot from it. However, you end up watching. If you're watching it on your phone or not. um, If you're pausing it. If you're watching it in chunks. But these were two films that attention came to mind, and I think attention is a really tough thing with streaming services because you're watching at home and there's distractions. Um, There's your phone. Is the obvious distraction. But equally, there's just I've, I talk about this. I've talked to to, to death about this on the podcast. But there's a, l- a looking around your living room. There's seeing things that need tidying you know, or that you need to sort. And both of these films, but The Irishman in particular, I think just yeah, I I, I loved the journey of it and the, I mean, the performances are some of the best performances. I've ever seen. I had someone arguing with me online the other day about this, and they got really shitty because we didn't have the same opinion. I can't even remember the point that that they were making. To be completely honest, but they were angry about a particular scene. That, in in all honesty, I didn't particularly remember having. Or I, it hadn't stood out. Like there was something wrong with a, a particular s- scene, apparently. But I watched it in the cinema and just enjoyed it. It's a three and a half hour f- film. If this scene didn't jump out to me as having a problem, I'm not gonna then be able to go. Oh yeah, actually, thinking about it, <laughs> the way that happened there wasn't quite right. Um, but yeah, I didn't remember it. But also, I didn't want to watch anything out of context because that's my point I'm making here. It's it's an offering. It's a piece of art. It's not a a, a a series of scenes or a series of clips or a series of highlights. It's a it's 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 been painstakingly put together in the pacing it's had in the edits in everything you're not meant to just grab this bit here and this bit there um i wish i could remember uh, what scene the guy was angry about because i'd give him a shout out and his Jews because it's again i'm fine with people having different opinions um he got proper angry and started slagging um, 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 me off I think and I just stopped responding because it, <laughs> it, was, it was making me laugh but there's no way to again spend the Christmas and New Year period he got annoyed because he thought he thought the tweets that we were having I was only saying I liked it because I had an agenda and wanted to work with Martin Scorsese and I'm like well number one for sure I'd love to work with Scorsese but number two I don't think he's checking our tweets <laughs> particularly it wasn't like a public tweet um it was m- me and him direct tweeting each other but he he was like well you've got an agenda and he's like i was speaking honestly i've not got an agenda <laughs> and i was like what <laughs> um i don't think marty's checking in on our tweets um and either what a awaya said You know, I I didn't end up responding with any of this, but it was stuff I was thinking about as I was going to get my pizza that night that was making me chuckle. Uh, When I did Brett Goldstein's films to be buried with, because he... Oh, no, that's it. It it also said that, um... Obviously, there's people in it I know, in Mr. Stephen Graham, who's one of my best friends, but, um... Before I knew him, he was also one of my favourite actors, so I can just be a fan. Um so he was saying that you're biased because of this or, or whatever um but again l- l- yeah I, when I did films to be buried with the film I chose as my worst of all time at that moment had someone I knew in it I'm fine with being honest about things I think he felt what was it he said he said on yeah he said on the podcast he stop listening to, 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 to the podcast because I basically um it, it, it kiss everyone's ass but what you've got to remember... And again, mate, if you're listening to this, don't listen to the ones earlier in this year because I have a few directors on who, man, I just I suck their dick so bad because I'm massive fans. The, 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 their films are to come. It's, it's the next two films, in fact. Um, but what people... Anyone who may think that, what they don't realise is I book all the guests. So I only have people on that I'm a massive fan of and really want to get excited about and talk about their stuff so of course I'm going to be going crazy and kissing their ass. because I've chosen them and I get to talk to them for like an hour it's fucking it's a dream for me I love the, the, doing this whether anyone's listening or not, or not it's a bonus that people are listening but I love getting to talk to these people and I don't I think again I think a lot of people these days have to try and be too cool I ain't cool in the slightest. I will geek out and get crazy excited about a particular camera angle. Or a particular bit of soundtrack. The next film I talk about, I've got the directors of it on as the second guest of this year. And I start by telling them... I joke about the fact that a lot of you are waiting on any podcast that I've got a director on for me to find a way to drop in the fact that i'm an actor um because obviously i want to work with them i open with that <laughs> i open with the fact that's what people are waiting for and i'd yeah i'd fucking i'm on that i'm kissing their ass from the start but not genuinely not in a career type wait this is another thing that, that brett goldstein mocks me for because he finds it hilarious he times when it is, I'm going to mention I'm a, doubt, a doubt, um, I'm an actor. When there's people he knows, I'm a big fan of. Um, but yeah, not even in in, in as said in a career type way, just in a let's talk because I'm excited and I'm coming at it from the angle of a fan and from the angle of someone who's now been on sets and stuff. So I'm genuinely just my mind is blown every time I'm on a set, um, and my mind is blown ran on watching these amazing films anyway that's what i was was thinking about the the streaming services there's films like the irishman and we talked about it a bit on the drunk cast where people have been watching the irishman like a tv series and hearing that it calmed me down a bit because yeah i get that you could watch it in three chunks but i'm so glad i went to see it in the cinema and had it had my undivided attention for three and a half hours um And those performances just blew me away. Uh, The direction blew me away. Everything blew me away. The dude who got angry about some stuff on Twitter. I'm sorry you didn't like it. Again, all of these films as ever. You might not like them at all. There's some on here that... You might watch and be completely unmoved by. I think they're average. Um, But these, these are just the ones I liked. And I make no apology. I do. I'm so sorry. Um... next up I'm I'm checking the mic's still working because it's it's a bit frosty this brisk New Year's Day next up is Uncut Gems and as said after Pilkington the next guests are the, the, the Safdie brothers the directors of Uncut Gems and this film blew me away I did not expect an Adam Sandler film to be in my films of the year list but this film was so beautiful and so amazing it's so it's funny still but it's um, the drama that's built the tension that's built was amazing all the performances are great this is another one this and the kind of the next one but more the one after um, are films where I genuinely I checked my pulse (laughs) it sounds stupid but i i put my hand on my heart to feel how fast it was racing and if i was going to have an issue because the tension had built so much and i'll talk about it now this is is one of the two or three along with monos where i had a big realization that the reason i think the cinema is is, is so important isn't necessarily the big screen Obviously there's a lot of big screens that people have in their living rooms these days but it's the it's the sound systems in the cinema because I've still not been around anyone's house with their amazing surround and I've got a great system I've got my Sonos surround sound stuff all set up it's it's awesome but ain't the same as a cinema and this was one of those films where the music and the soundtrack in general was it really the score was a key part of of the experience, and I worry that some of that will be lost when w- watching via a streaming site like Netflix. But yeah, all that aside, it's 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 a wonderful, wonderful film. Adam Sandler's best performance since. Like I, I was saying to some mates, I saw, I didn't expect this amazing performance f- from Adam S- S- Sandler, and I'm a fan of Adam Sandler, let's be clear on that. But and people would go um. <laughs> Have you not seen Punch Drunk Love? And I'm like, uh, yes. When I was 18, um, it's been a long time S-s-s-s- since he's gone down this route. And and just yeah, it's great. There's some some kind of debuting actors or or, or at least br- br- breaking through performances in this. Um, yeah, it's about it's it's again it's a kind of heist movie again. It's not like Hustlers that much, but it's it kind of is, I guess. It's about um, a jeweler, a, 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 a Jewish jeweler who sells kind of y- 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 your crazy b- blinged up stuff to basketball players and rappers and that kind of thing. And it's about him having a kind of a chance for this big score. And it's about him repeatedly sabotaging his own his own life. Um, but it's fantastic. I should start to speed through these again. Because we're about to hit the hour mark. And um, it's fucking freezing. Next up. The Lighthouse. Um, another guest on the podcast next year. Is Robert Eggers. Now this is t- is tough actually. Because I should mention now. A few of these films technically come out in, t- in 2020. But they were generally. You know they were. On in cinemas in the UK at film festivals at the London Film Festival and things like that. So I think you can get lost in. I decided to go with new releases I have seen this year, um, or into in in, sorry in 2019, uncut gems. It, I, I think it came out on Christmas Day in america and maybe in the uk in the cinemas and will be on netflix shortly after um and, and the lighthouse is an early jan thing and it's amazing robert pattinson and again i'm drawing blanks on names i apologize as i've said it's a it's a strange time um what's his name He's in the in the Florida project. He's Norman Osborn in them Spider-Man films. In the the Tobey Maguire ones, him. He's one of the best actors of all time. <laughs> He's Willem Dafoe. The, the, there he is. I was describing him, and then I ended up remembering his name. So I turned out going. He's one of the greatest actors of all time. He's Willem Dafoe. Um, their performances are amazing. Robert Eggers. Di- oh, I'm a bit burpy now. The director, I was a bit nervous about having him on. I spoke to Brett about this. It's the most nervous I've been in ages because he's a proper, he's a proper film guy. He did The Witch, um, which a lot of people adored uh, a year or two back. And The Lighthouse is about two lighthouse keepers, essentially, on a, in a lighthouse in a really unforgiving env- environment, and they're they're the only two people there. And they start to go a little crazy. And it gets dark and it gets intense. And it's wonderful. It's wonderful. I went in, yeah, I went in like, oh, this might be a bit highbrow. It's wonderful. It's a crazy, bonkers film and experience. But the performances from these two guys, from Willem and, and Robert Pattinson, again, just mind-blowing. What, where they had to go to get these performances out... It's great. But I won't ramble on too much about this or Uncut Gems. Because they're both upcoming episodes. And as said, they're two of the most happy I've been coming out of, of podcast. They're two where I've messaged either a particular f- filmy friend or anything like that. Just to say, man, I fluked, I fluked the fuck out of that. It went really well. Um, so yeah, I think the order is Carl Pilkington... Then the Safdie brothers, then Robert Eggers. I could be wrong, but they're yeah, they're fantastic conversations. And I recommend you catching uncut gems and the lighthouse as soon as possible, and then having a listen to the 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 podcast. It's weird when I often have n- newer directors on because. They're not the big names that catch everyone's attention, l- l- like a Carl Pilkinson, which is also a, one of my favourite episodes. You'll hear how excited I was to talk to Carl. Um, but they're, they're, they're some of the best. So, yeah, if if you're listening to this, pl- I just take my word that you will, I promise you, you will enjoy the Safdie Brothers chat and the Robert Eggers chat. Um, l- l- let's smash through. Three to go. Next up is Waves um and waves yeah i loved it it was cr- a cracking. it was one where the people doing the pr had tried to get me to a screening a few times i couldn't make it because I, I was i've had a busy year and then i finally made it to one i could have had the, had the director on but i was like look i've not i can't make it to a screening i'm gonna have to pass um it was the same with m- m- monos actually i missed i missed a screening and could have had the director on and both monos and waves, I was so regretful that I missed the opportunity because w- w- waves was the other one that I checked. I genuinely checked my pulse and my heart because it was blowing me away. Another L- Lucas H- Hodges, Hodge, the, 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 that, that guy, um, film that he's in. It's amazing, man. This, it's about a young black f- family, maybe middle-class kind of thing in America. It got me emotionally inv- inv- invested in things that I have very little emotional investment in, like college football. Um, it, Yeah, it's intense. It's beautiful. The soundtrack's amazing. And the way it's all put together and plays out is, is fantastic. I don't want to say t- t- too much again because there was a, few, a fair few bits that not knowing anything about it and not knowing the film running time or whatever else it meant there were some bits that that really surprised me but in a good way um yeah the soundtrack's amazing it's really good a lot of good recent modern hip-hop and really played out beautifully in the scenes i think Frank Ocean worked a lot on the soundtrack. He's—I know—I he, I, I noticed him pop up a few times on it, but I think he worked on it in general. I could be wrong, but yeah, it's fantastic. I recommend that. The, 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 that the Lighthouse, Uncut Gems, and Monos are probably the the four that I'm like. These could be my films of the year if I had to narrow down the list. Um, another one that blew, that blew me away was was Honey Boy. I'm going to be brief on this because, um, yeah, I'm getting really cold all of a sudden and sniffly. And I've got two more. W- one of those two is Honey Boy. Um, again, it's Lucas Hedges Hodges. I, sh- I should have looked up his name by now, but I haven't. Um, and I'm a big fan of him. He's 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 been my go-to conversation piece to people at the end of this year because I think he's, as said, he's putting together a back catalogue that rivals anyone in film, you think of your DiCaprios and people like that who from an a, a young age, regardless of if you like their performances or not really picked good films and was really involved in some amazing things from small films to huge films and, and Lucas is that guy at the moment he's quietly just plugging away with a hell of a back catalogue of, of, at, at, at a young age and amazing performances and Honey Boy is as good as any um his, his performance in Waves is fa- is fantastic, but Honey Boy, um, he takes more of a lead, and it's it's r- a r- written b- by Shia LaBeouf, and Shia's in it a bit, and he's fantastic as well. Um, FKA Twigs in it is in it, which I didn't know when I went into it, and that was she's amazing. I'm a big fan of her anyway, but um, yeah. It's 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 the story of 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 a young a young actor a Hollywood you know the the typical young star that then gets corrupted and b- broken or goes off the rails. It's that story, but it goes far deeper than that and tells a really personal story of of parenthood, of excess, of th- therapy. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's one of the later films in the year that made it onto the list. Speaking of which, there's a film that made this really annoying and hard because there was a, one of these I did a couple of years ago that I I made my list before Christmas. And Brett was on my case going, how can you make it before the end of the year? There's still films coming out. I'm, like, I, I literally did it the start of December or something. And there, I can't remember w- what came out that year, but there was something that kind of... I, th- I think it was the first of the new Star Wars that everyone was like, Oh my God, it's the best thing ever. So I really hold off and I make sure I record them on on New Year's d- Day now. And I, may, I forced myself to find time before Christmas, I think it was. No, after Christmas, in between C- Christmas and New Year, to go and see... Little Women because I'd heard it was amazing, and it truly, truly is. The performances and the direction. Greta Gerwig returning after um, Lady Bird. Um, Swazi, I don't know how to say the lead actress's name. This isn't any any. Disrespect at all. Um, if I was interviewing anyone involved in the film, I would have learned it. I don't mean any disrespect. It's an Irish name. Um, I can't remember how it's, it's pronounced, but she's amazing. Uh, Florence Pugh. This is her second appearance on the films of the year list. And if you didn't hear the podcast I did with her probably two years ago now, go and listen to that. It's fantastic. She's great. Um, her performance in this is stunning. But just the way it's all paced and the way... Oh, that... And Timothy Chamlay. I'd heard loads of hype about him and the internet l- loves it. Oh, uh, 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 this kid. I had two auditions uh, this year for films that, that would have been with him. Didn't get either of them, but... um. I've not seen Call Me By Your Name, which is the one that he blew up in. I saw the one... What's the other one called? Was that Beautiful Boy? No, I can't think. Um... Th- the one with um Michael Scott from the office, um, and Tim Fish Chamlet about um their son being an addict. Um and he was amazing in that, but I still I was like I don't I've not seen I'd not seen I've not seen Call Me By Your Name I said, which is the one that he blew, he blew up in. But the internet proper loves him. They're all like he's so dreamy and he's he's such a wonderful actor and he's so charming and lovely and wonderful. And I was always like, Alright, he seems nice. And this film is the one that won me over. He's fucking wonderful in it. His performances are big but don't overpower the amazing performances from the four main or lead women, lead little women. Everyone's amazing. Emma Watson's amazing. Everyone's amazing. Um, The cast is fantastic. The director is fantastic. The story is fantastic. It's a wonderful film. And it had to be on my films of the year list because I think there's a lot of people who look like me or grew up where I grew up or wherever, who will look and go, I don't think, I'll oh, it's not my kind of film. But uh, and, and to be fair, for some of it, it probably ain't. But no, I'm kidding. It's wonderful. Um, I really, I really recommend it. I thought it was beautiful and emotional. And yeah, just those performances are ridiculous. And it doesn't, the the, the way it's shot, g- 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 Greta nails the direction and whoever did the, c- the cinematography. Because it doesn't feel, there's so many points, it doesn't feel like a period piece but at the same time it doesn't disrespect or feel like it's trying to be edgy or break out and do a new in- Look, this is out like when people do a rap version of Shakespeare and, and shit like that it doesn't feel like that but just the girls the, the, the four little women just interacting and engaging it feels so real and so relatable and so modern that you forget it's a period piece but then you, you're drawn straight Back into the beauty and 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 poise of uh, of the period. Um, it's wonderful. Those are my f- f- films of the year. I will quickly read through all of the films I saw this year, all of the new releases I saw this year, and there's not many I didn't enjoy. So let's just smash through v- v- Vice, Midnight, These Glass, Serenity, This is the order I saw them. Velvet Buzzsaw. If Bill Street could talk, The Sister Brothers. Alita, B- 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 Battle Angel, almost made it on the long list. Gr- Green Book, Wild Rose, Traps, Sauvage, Captain Marvel, Lego Movie 2, Us, Tr- Triple Frontier, Boiling Point, Dragged Across Concrete, Shazam, Extremely Wicked, w- 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 Sh- Shockingly Evil and Vile, Hellboy, Hell Hard with a Vengeance, that's not what it was called, but I enjoyed it. H- High Life, Greta, Dirty God, Avengers Endgame, Thunder Road, 8th Grade, Pet Cemetery, F- F- Framing John DeLorean, John Wick 3, Rocket Man, Book Smart, Pikachu Detective, no, Pokemon Detective Pikachu, Ma Yesterday, Brightburn, Diego Maradona, Spider-Man Far From Home, Midsummer, Man in Black International. Surprised me how much I enjoyed that. Dead People Don't Die. Surprised me how much I didn't enjoy that. Now, a lot of people say that I just just, just k- k- kiss Arsenal all the films. There was a couple of films this year I didn't enjoy that much, and that was one that I expected to. Anyway, Cold Pursuit, Hobson Short. A once upon in time in Hollywood scary stories to tell in the dark the laundromat, the day shall come, pain in glory hustlers, Brittany Runs a Marathon, the souvenir the last tree, Seaberg, official secrets which was amazing, marriage story, Le Mans 66, ready or not Joker, in the shadow of the moon Ad Astra a Shaun the Sheep movie, Farmageddon yes I saw it in the cinema M- Mono's Terminator Dark Fruits, it's not his real name The Last Black Man in San Francisco, Zombieland Double Tap, Last Christmas, which I enjoyed and everyone else seemed to hate. The Good Liar, Doctor Sleep, The Irishman, Little Monsters, Uncut Gems. Dolomite Is My Name, amazing. and J- 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 Silent Bob reboot, loved it. The Lighthouse Knives Out, another one that could have been in the films a year list, absolutely loved it. X-Men Dark Fruits, again, not his name. Bl- 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 Blue Story, with just one B. Waves, Honey Boy, Long Shot, The Report, Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker and Little Women. Um, One of the films I was going to watch in my films last night was a film called Beats, which I've heard is really good, which came out this year but I didn't get round to. Um, Other films I had on my list that I wanted to see this year that I've heard are good. Portrait of a Lady on Fire, Beanpole, Beach Bum, Parasite, Transit birds of passage and piranhas um but i didn't catch any of them so they don't get to have a chance of being on my films of the year list unlucky guys um thank you all for tuning in obviously feel free to debate at some point in a week or so maybe or end of this week i'll post the instagram post for those who uh, who want to know um feel free to go and comment and tell me what you've watched and what you've enjoyed but again as ever I stress these are the films I've enjoyed the most so m- m- my list is right it's a 100% right and your list could be a 100% different and will also be a 100% right because that's what art is about we are allowed to enjoy different things we are allow- allowed to hate the Irishman and think it was a, a piece of, sh- of shit film. And we're allowed to think it's an absolute masterpiece, as I did. And neither of us have to have an agenda. Um, It's absolutely fine. So enjoy the films that you enjoy. Love the films that you love. Maybe ignore the films that you hate. And focus on the ones that you adore and want to rave about. Um, And watch things in the cinema as much as you can, guys. I genuinely get concerned that we're not going to have the cinemas for much longer and I know they cost money but art's important in our lives and entertainment is important in our lives so if you've obviously it's not a priority over food and survival and rent and so on and so forth but if you've got that spare money I encourage you wholeheartedly to spend it on a cinema ticket um, to go go and watch a film and watch these works of art in the way they were intended to uh, to, uh, to, uh, to be watched. And support them some more getting made. Thank you very much. I'll be back on Wednesday. This is a bonus episode on the Monday. Because I've got so many I need to put out. So I'll be back on Wednesday with Carl Pilkington. Yes. That's right. Um, until then. Be excellent to each other. No, that's how Brett ends films to be very with. In- until then, go and listen to films to with- be with um, Films of the Decade live at the BFI with Nish Kumar um, also the Cinema Podcast is what is one of my favourite film based podcasts Two Shot isn't a film based podcast it's just an interview podcast but, but Craig has a lot of actors on and has a way of getting the most out of them so give that a listen I think it's fantastic what other film podcast do I want to I'd recommend that's it for now that'll do that'll do Um, thank you for tuning in and bloody happy new year guys Um, I know this last year didn't end in the way a lot of people wanted with elections and the new year isn't starting the way some would want with Brexit looming and all sorts of negative stuff but it's a fucking good year for film and I reckon next year's looking pretty sweet as well so Let's enjoy what we can um, and lose ourselves in these wonderful offerings. See you Wednesday, guys, and bloody Happy New Year from a frosty hill in Essex on New Year's Day. Ta-ta. Been listening to Scroobius Pips Distraction Pieces. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be.